Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. I am joined in studio by the Minister with Responsibility for Children, Equality, Disability, Integration and Youth, Anne Rabbit. Good morning, Minister. Good morning, Fiona. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Now, you're in Cork for the next... Uh, you're in Cork yesterday and today and tomorrow. Just tell me a little bit about why you're here, first of all. Well, there's there's a few reasons why I'm here. First and foremost, my colleagues um, Michael Moyna and Paddy O'Sullivan, Chris O'Sullivan, had been asking me to come down. So that's that's the main purpose to see some of the projects they've been working with and the groups that they've been working with. The other reason being is, as everybody knows, I have been a stickler in relation to assessment of needs and the funding that we would have allocated last September to ensure that the backlog was cleared. And then we had a cyber attack and I wasn't getting my figures. So my whole idea is to go out also and meet the HSE to hear on the ground exactly how they're progressing, mm-hmm. how we're progressing with PDS, how we're managing our posts and actually what the budgetary requirements would be heading into next October. So I will meet the HSE as well tomorrow, Fiona. So if I can't get it one way, the information, which would mm-hmm. normally be via email, I'll come and get it myself by meeting the people in person. Because a lot of these groups that you have met, for example, the Rainbow Club in Mahan, um, they're, um, I suppose, working on absolutely no funding at all and they're supporting so many young people here in Cork. Absolutely. And I was out there yesterday and it's an amazing um, setup. Caroline is a light bulb. She's unbelievable. And so are the team of, of volunteers and staff that are out there with her. And I, really, I have to tell you the little story about why I ended up at Rainbow was I was following it um, on Twitter. This young man appeared up on it, Sean the Baker, yeah. and he was making bread coming out of lockdown and everything else like that. And I was going and I would be very interested in disability and employment and getting into the workforce. And here I've seen this young man being very enterprising and from there I started to do my research but you are right Fiona going back to your real question is um, they support 512 young people out there no HSE funding till we could confirm to them yesterday they are going to get funding for a manager to look at their development plan and um, we also looked at the HSE are very interested in their, their sibling club proposal and also in their cyber cafe which one of the young men um, per- developed himself but with the support, as I say, with the team out there for €3,600, they're able, they have six laptops where children rotate on an hourly basis on a Saturday morning or on a Tuesday evening to do some coding. But the most important piece about the coding, which the young man said yesterday, I don't say his name because I'd probably say it wrong. I think it was Dylan said to me was, while they're coding and they're engaging, they're also speaking to each other. Because normally when you talk about coding and gaming, you're just down the line. Mm. But in this particular instance, they're all talking to each other and they were actually coming out of themselves, which is fabulous to see. I suppose one of the things that has happened over the pandemic is that um, a lot of these centres had were forced to close and people were doing a lot of work with people um, from their homes. But um, one thing that we were talking about here in the studio earlier is a lot of um, people with challenges, people living with challenges, may not have been able to access the internet or maybe access some of the websites that people were working off. Is that something that we should be looking at here in this country? Absolutely. Um, I, I think we all need to look at that whole integrated approach. Um, Fiona, we don't have that um, connectivity uh, and that is, is missing. Plus the fact when you look at what 
the, the, the games that they were looking at in Rainbow Club is how to connect that up with other clubs around the country where you could actually develop a relationships as well with. But yes. I suppose another um, byproduct of the pandemic is outdoor dining and I'm sure you've been around the city and you've seen that here in Cork we have a lot of um, outdoor dining um, a lot of the businesses have spent a huge amount of money on putting tables and chairs outside on the footpaths but we've had a lot of um, callers here on this show and we've covered it a few times is access to, to footpaths for people who are in wheelchairs or who have walking aids or people who have visual impairments. Is it um, and I know local authorities have said that they're doing all they can but should we be looking at this across the whole country is the government doing enough to support this like more access for people on, on footpaths and footways well actually on last Thursday I think it was Fiona I met with Peter Burke to discuss this who has responsibility for local government which would also oversee outdoor dining the funding of the 254 which is the licence actually um, the the umbrella licence that you are granted uh, as to how it works so last week the Minister wrote to all local authorities to told them to be cognizant of the fact that when you are putting awarding the umbrella licence actually if it is going over a wheelchair car parking spot can you relocate that to the nearest possible space? Can you ensure you have the drop curb? Can you ensure that it has enough accessibility either side um, for that wheelchair, for the car to be able to access into it? But you are right as well like it it is wonderful to have the outdoor dining and it's wonderful to see businesses starting to home but from a person that is visually impaired the the, the long cane, they have to be able to tap it off a structure and that's why we need to move the, the dining onto the footpath and that's why we need to be able to leave the buildings available for the long cane um, movement. Mm. But I, I will say, in fairness to Minister Burke, and I am meeting with um, Colm Kelleher, the, the chairman um, of the County Council, City Council, later on, just after this, um, to have that exact conversation as to how are we doing, what aids, what supports, and what awareness do we need to create with people to ensure that it can happen without actually causing inconvenience to anyone, but at all times ensuring that we have disability in mind. And it's important also to say, I'm staying in the Metropole Hotel mm. and there's a street at the side of the Metropole Hotel. I think it's called, is it Hanley Street? Yeah. All right. And I was out there yesterday evening with Aaron and Roger Roger and Kathleen and um, Kieran, and we were having a conversation about that used to have footpaths. That used to be quite run down and all of a sudden the footpaths are gone. They've laid down fabulous pavement. They also has that non-stick or that stick that you can't um, slip going down on it mm. and has opened up an entire space. So that's the positivity of creativity that can be done. It's an access space for everybody and it's that ambitious piece that I would love to see that includes all. I suppose there you were mentioning uh, liaising with other ministers and it's an issue I think that's been raised time and time again as well um, that people living with challenges and people living with disabilities have to face daily daily problems and should the government be looking at this as a whole rather than looking at disability through a medical lens and maybe just your own department focusing on this should it be some, a, a, an entire government approach? Um, absolutely and I suppose this time last year when the Taoiseach appointed me as a Minister for Disabilities um, on his, the night that he rang me he says your sole purpose, Anne, is to remove disability out of the Department of Health (coughs) and bring it to the Department of Children, Integration, um, Equality and Youth. 
and at the moment that is exactly what I'm doing. Now I'm very clear about it. I won't leave the Department of Health till I bring the whole budget of 2.2 billion with me. I'm being really supported by my by my colleague here in Cork, uh, Michael McGrath, in ensuring that's happening. But the Taoiseach had the vision. You are so right that we cannot be looking at disability through a medical lens. We all have health issues. But for disability, it's more about integration and inclusion. And it's to stop this othering piece that takes place. So by being in that department of children, I can then branch out into the Department of Enterprise and Jobs when we talk about employment. I can t- branch into social protection and talk about the ability programme. I can branch back over into transport and talk about accessible transport to ensure that at all times persons with disability can go and please, as they so wish, no different to anybody else. So this move will be a really positive um, reformal piece for disability, I see. Because even as you mentioned there about employment, um, we've received messages from people who say that, okay, the government is great at supporting courses and equal access to education. But once they come through that, then they're not getting equal opportunities to full time employment that a lot of places will take them on on a part time basis. Is that something that can be addressed or are you looking at? And would you believe it? It is being addressed. Um, uh, and it, 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 the, the, the footsteps had started before I ever arrived in my office, but it's something I plan to grow and develop on. So yesterday I was um, down at the down with the ability program down in and if I just the, the Euro Business Park in Little Island here in Cork, and they talked about they had sixty two people on the particular course, and of that sixty two, fifty eight of them continued in employment throughout are, are, are currently employed, but over fifty percent of them worked throughout the entire pandemic. And um, one of the young gentlemen I, that I met yesterday is working above in the, the vaccination centre and they were able to tell me um, the value of that supported piece that is being done. And Newell and the team down there as actually how to put in the foundation to transition. We all need to support in transitioning into employment, but perhaps we need to put in an extra layer of support both for the employee and the employer for the relationship to work. And I must say, I was really amazed with what I seen yesterday. It was unbelievable. Minister Han Rabbit, we've just had um, somebody call us there on one eight fifty seven one five nine nine six, um And they've said, I'm just down in West Cork listening with two people I met with special needs and their families, they say they cannot get respite care. What's going on there? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. And that is one of the reasons I am in Cork to understand exactly where we are with respite. Respite, um, and not to, to gloss over it, um, during the pandemic, respite was not running at maximum capacity by any manner or means. Mm. Families were completely and utterly stretched. Some respite houses were used as isolation centres at a stage in it. Um, I'm hoping that that has been reversed as I go around. I'm also hoping to hear that um, respite is opening up and that um, families are being contacted by the HSE to say that respite, while it might be running at full capacity, that it is returning, the service is returning and hopefully uh, as close to 100% as possible by September. Okay, so um, people like that, then they can look forward to maybe getting respite in September? Absolutely. And that was one of the things that I secured in the budget last year. Um, I secured um, 5.5 million for nine respite houses, predominantly focused on children's respite because I was listening, no different to your caller after ringing in there, to the heartbreak stories where families needed just one night, just one night to have a solid night's sleep, that they didn't need to be up at four o'clock in the morning, that they didn't need to be worrying. Um, So we've invested as a government into nine respite houses, which will be fully funded, um, one in every CHO. Uh, And it's a small step, but it's a step I plan to to continue building on. And as I talk about Michael McGrath uh, as Minister with the public purse, they would be the issues I would be presenting to him that we need to build capacity into the sector, particularly in relation to a respite, because if we can actually develop that respite piece, we can hold families together an awful lot longer. We can build in that resilience because if they know that they're going to receive respite on a regular basis, whether it's once a month or two nights every two months, they know in their diary they are going to get that support. That in itself is a huge support for them and it's welcome direction. Minister, another caller here um, to the show. Uh, People who receive a disability allowance are not entitled to a grant to retrofit their houses from SEAI. Have you any idea why that is? No, um, I don't. Um, My understanding was with people that lived in group homes or which was part of decongregation, the fact that there could have been a number of people in the house that would have had a disability allowance, that that was what was preventing them from having it. Um, I, it's actually Michael Moynihan who brought this to my attention um, a number of months back and we're trying to work our way through that because everybody has the right to ensure that their mm. houses can be properly retrofitted. Nobody, even with a disability, nobody should be othered on this one. And even on that um, topic, somebody else has called in to say there is a housing crisis for people with dis- without disabilities, it is even worse for us who have extra needs. Is that something that you've been made aware of by people as you tour around? Absolutely. There's a complete crisis um, for persons with disability and I'm very fortunate that as we're doing the the, um, Dara is going to be producing a housing for all. He has actually listened and met with me in relation to disability and disability persons are going to be part of the plan so when we talk and we're not putting a percentage on it we talk as as affordable we talk social but within that mix is also um, disability so when you look at it um, we have approximately 2,400 persons that need to be decongregated we have 1,400 people in nursing homes who need access to independent living space we have families over 65 where you could have, um, from what I can gather, the guts of 800, 900 families. All of these people need access to accommodation with universal design built in the community, part of the community. So 
I know straight away from the Cork point of view, from the group I met yesterday in Cope, there's 500 people that need access to the housing list and that's only one organisation. So yes, and that will be about 5% of the population of which is looking for housing here in Cork. So we do have a crisis in disability. I know yesterday you visited Autism Dogs Ireland here in Cork and we've had a caller here again to 185715996. My nephew is six years old. He's a complete flight risk as he lives with autism. He cannot get an autism support dog. We are fortunate enough that we could even pay for one but there is no supply. The government need to do something about this and create a supply. Is that something Thing that you could look at? Um, what I would love to look at is I, the supply of dogs would be a little bit outside my control um, because I do think autism dogs, they, they have a plan they have a very good strategic plan down there they talk about um, the, 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 the two different breeds that they actually mix to actually have the proper temperament mm. um, but when I was down there, I, like I met um, autism dogs in Dublin the AV room about three years ago I actually came looking to them yesterday because I actually appreciate the phenomenal work that they do with no support, no funding um, in relation to the child that's the flight risk and you hear about the 18 months that they put into preparatory work in order to have a dog completely compatible and the wearing of the harness to actually to ensure that that child actually can reach a space where the parent doesn't need to be continuously worrying that the child can be let out around the, the, the backyard and is not going to jump the wall or take mm. off or the same with the school or the playground. Um, so what I would love to see myself funding, and this is something I have to go back to Dublin on, is the aftercare, that transition piece when the dog moves to the home as that intervention for the family. There is a fair bit involved in that. It's approximately 2,000 per dog. This year, I think there is 12 dogs going to be going into that piece of work. Uh, and next year they're hoping to have 24 dogs brought on stream but to your listener they have a really good strategic plan they're after moving in to, to Cork itself with a larger unit so they can uh, cater for more dogs as well Could we not bring trainers for dogs or aftercare as you were talking about there from other countries or whatever resources are needed can we not bring them in here? And I and I don't I don't like this is for autism dogs to to, to answer yeah. some of these questions. But to be fair to them, they have such a fantastic team of employees and volunteers and, and fosterers for these puppies and to train the puppies and everything else. Like their makeup is, is fantastic, and I do think with their new unit they will expand and they have a vision to expand. Okay, another issue that we have here in Cork is the Cork Life Centre and it's a much-loved institution here in Cork and it's helped so many young people to get an education where maybe the mainstream didn't suit them um, and they're facing a funding crunch. Do you think it's time now for a bit of flexibility for institutions like the Cork Life Centre? Um, yes, is the answer. And I want to acknowledge the work that goes on in the Cork Life Centre. I also do know that there was an intervention um, recently by the by the Taoiseach uh, and there was an announcement, but I don't understand the complexities or the compatibilities that's required, perhaps. Uh, and I do know that the Taoiseach has still an ongoing conversations with, with, with Don in relation to this. Mm. But if I just reverse it up, um, so I'm not from Cork, but I would have heard about the Cork-like centre yeah. um, long before it became an issue. And I, and, I, and I do think it's a positive recognition of government where they do want to invest and they do want to actually support the, the longevity of the Cork Life Centre and recognise that the ability that this man has brought 
and the resilience he has given to young people to access education, to access employment, but to, most importantly, to exit out of the dark places that they might have been in. And also um, also to give them the belief in themselves to have a positive career. That's what Don and the team has done down there. And I recognised, and I heard about this above in Galway um, and long, long before I became a minister. So like, it's unique in what it does. Mm. Um, but sometimes we can't fit um, round pegs into square holes because it just doesn't work that way. And sometimes that's where departments find that piece of matching quite difficult. And I have no doubt that Don and the, the Taoiseach, in, in fairness to the Taoiseach, he is doing his level best to, to support trying to meet a proper match here. Because as you said, it is unique, but it's a model that has worked for so many people, do you know? So, I mean, like, shouldn't the government really be, like, following that rather than trying to impose a certain model on them? Absolutely. And that's the flexibility and agility that that we sometimes is very rigid within departments and let's say it as it is, it can be very mm. rigid. To be to be honest with you, without the government intervention it probably would never have got the spotlight or the support because it didn't meet the criteria, okay? Um, but yet at the same time it does phenomenal work in delivering what it does. And you are right, it's something like that that needs to be cloned because if it actually ticks the box for the young person, that's who comes first in this and if it has positive deliverables out of it, like any person we can save from addiction and any person we can save from going into the prison services, that is a positive intervention. But it's to take the learning out of that to see how it would work. And the best people to do that, you couldn't have better than Don who is leading it up and the Taoiseach who has the capabilities and the persona to ensure that the flex and to be fair to Minister Foley she did come um, with the funding but perhaps it's not meeting the correct criteria I know that my colleague Padraig O'Sullivan has, has raised this issue on, on the floor of the all and I do believe there's a willingness there to still work this out just on, on a positive note, um, uh, the, the jam card, I think it was kind of uh, brought in here in Cork and uh, it's, it's working very well. Is it? People here seem to be using it and seem to be very happy with it. Um, do you think that people are giving a little bit of extra kindness when they see it? Absolutely. Um, so I have to recognise the work that a local man here, Kieran Delaney, mm. has played on this. And yesterday was fantastic to launch another jam card launch um, down in the Metropole Hotel. And I was joined there by Sandra Hurley and I mentioned Roger and Aaron and Kathleen already from the Metropole Hotel. But it is brilliant to see. Just a minute. Uh, and the recognition of that card and what it does um, to people. And I, and I launched it a few weeks ago as well in Little, in Dublin with, with Kieran. And I think we're getting to the space where people understand what the jam card is. Just a minute. Uh, and I do think disability is on a very positive trajectory. And when you have the hotel group coming on board, when you have the Littles coming on board, when you have ambassadors like Kieran. Um, coming on board, promoting disability in a positive light for families uh, uh, and for people themselves, seeing that their awareness is being accepted and recognised uh, and in the public domain. I think we're getting to a positive space in the disability conversation. Especially for people who have a hidden disability, I suppose it's really useful for them, particularly if they need to go into somewhere just to even use a toilet, because we've had the whole issue of a lack of toilets here in the city and across the country. So I suppose the jam card really comes in handy for people like that. Absolutely. And like you just say, like it's 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 just a card that people can carry in their wallet 
um, when it's produced. It's produced at discretion. You don't go around flashing it when it's produced. And people then on the other side of it, um, the retailer has the awareness, has the responsibility of accepting it. And I think that is really, really positive. And I think this jam card, you'll see more and more um, units taking it up, more and more hotel groups. And fair play to the Metropole Hotel for, for leading out on it. Fair play to Little. And I'm looking forward to more and more coming on board. And, and that is... Hopefully we'll get to the space then where we don't need to have a card mm. that when you say it by word of mouth, you don't need to actually have to prove that you have or you haven't that you're taking at face value. And that's an inclusive society. But we've started in the right place by having the jam card. Brilliant. Minister Anne Rabbit, thank you very much for joining me in the studio this morning. Thank you, Fiona. Courts 96 FM. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.